Good morning, everyone. This is Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your week. Had a wonderful weekend myself. I hope you did as well. The weather was just lovely. It really, really was beautiful. Um, no complaints there. Oh, man. Everything went great. Caught up with some old friends. It just, it was a really, really great weekend. Um, yeah, worthy of uh, my Holy Week theme last week. Thank you for playing along with that. Um, like I said, that's just something I've done over the years. I've never really shared it before. So it was, it was interesting that uh, it was so well received. Uh, but onward to this week, we're in it. Uh, we're early April. Um, like I said, these years are going pretty quickly. You know, last year, uh, the one good thing about the COVID field the year was everything went quick quickly you know we weren't just like dragging through the days at least I wasn't um but it was still hard and I don't want to do it again and it looks like we'll probably still have some COVID related issues for a while um and companies will have to decide organizations will have to decide if they're going to open up again and you know have people um uh fully in the office again I don't think things will ever be the same you know I'm not not in a negative way I just think the same the the things we left behind weren't weren't all good some of the things that COVID has changed are for the better and um you know sometimes you need adversity to show you know how you can how you can uh, do things better or improve on something you know, for me personally, the idea of being able to pick up my groceries is life. You know what I mean? Like that is perfect. You know, you go pick up your groceries, you get your target run in, you get all this stuff brought out to your car, you know, and why they never thought of it on their own. I don't know, but this is great. And I hope it never goes away. All the middle-aged people are like, hooray, great idea. Um, so yeah, I mean, work schedule, it wasn't sustainable. There was no work-life balance. Um, and people have decided that they want to pay you whatever they want to pay you to do the work. And as long as you're getting your work done, it shouldn't matter if you're sitting in some space for seven to eight hours a day, as long as you're uh, you're productive while you're doing your work. You know, and some people are more productive having people watch over their shoulder. Some are not. I have worked from home and intermittently, I want to say since 2012, maybe even sooner than that. Um, Because of the nature of what I do, I don't have to be sitting in an office to do it. You can you can tell I've done my work if you log on to the website. You know what I mean? So I I. uh I don't think things are going to go completely back to the way they were, and I don't want them to. Um, Unfortunately, there will be some casualties like your favorite restaurants and uh, some small businesses that you used to like, places that really couldn't sustain not being open. Um, And hopefully all of this uh, government money will go and restore communities. Um, That's what I hope. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what's going to happen. But, you know, um, cities are being flooded with cash from the Fed. So I just hope that they do the right thing by the citizens. Um, But, you know, it's hard because you got a lot of politicians out here who are not interested in serving the people in as much as they are serving themselves. And, you know, 
I, I truly believe that's why Donald Trump even ran for president. He just wanted to get that brand recognition out there. And I mean, he's someone who watches his media. So good or bad, if we're talking about him, then that's something that's exciting for him. And I truly believe that's what he wanted for the president. Uh, for the presidency. That's why he even wanted the job. I don't think he cared at all about serving. So, you know, it's it's a fascinating time, and it's going to be hard to be able to tell who's legit and who's not. Um, he was one of the more obvious cases. I'm not sure why people fell for that, but um, that's partly why I believe that party has become a cult, because they just go along and say yes to everything which doesn't seem healthy. That's never healthy. So, anyway. One thing I never really talk about that drives me crazy, and this is this is petty, this is not a big thing, so that setup is way bigger than this issue, but I do get frustrated because it's baseball season. I've never watched a full professional baseball game that did not include the St. Louis Cardinals. I am. They are beloved to me. I love the Cardinals. And I know, you know, as soon as you say you love the Cardinals, a lot of people be like, well, they racist. Or, oh, they have a history. All that's fine. All that's fine. I still love the team. And one thing that drives me crazy, uh, besides Mike Matheny being the manager, um, <laughs> that was not a good stretch for me. I have no idea why he inherited a great team. We should have won two more championships. Anyway, um, if Stan Musial or Albert Pujols or Yadier Molina, if any of those guys had played for the Yankees, we would never stop hearing any. They would just drive you crazy. You would never get enough of hearing about them. It just they would just be nonstop. But because they all played for and Bob Gibson, you know, uh, if they had played for the Yankees, we would be saturated with history about them uh but the fact that they played for the cardinals it's like they just don't get to do or the praise they were fantastic players albert pujols and i wasn't i wasn't really alive i think when bob gibson was dominant i don't remember i don't even really remember when he played but i know it was in the 60s and i know he was amazing uh but I watched Albert Pujols, and he was magical. And I think a lot of why I watched the Cardinals so much was because of Pujols. He was the equivalent for me of watching Michael Jordan because he'd come to the plate, and he just was a hitting machine. We'd need a single, he'd get the single. We'd need a double, he'd get a triple. And it wasn't always just home runs, you know? He would just, he was a clutch hitter. And he was instinctual at the plate in a way that drove pitchers nuts. I mean, that that playoff game against the Astros, who were our big rival at the time, and, you know, I couldn't stand them. And... Brad Lidge, you know, he just, he chucked something over the plate and Albert crushed it and crushed that dude's career. I don't think he was ever the same after that. <laughs> and that was uh, in the playoffs. I mean, we used to, Jake Peavy, great pitcher in San Diego, routinely, we would just knock them right out of the playoffs. It was just great. That was a great squad. Jim Edmonds, um, 
Scott Rowland, uh, Albert. Oh, man, it was just such a good team. I don't even remember our pitchers. Chris Carpenter, who if Chris Carpenter pitched for the Yankees, he would be uh, somebody it somebody that people worshipped in the game. You know, what's interesting is it's only St. Louisans and people who live in this region who really give Cardinals players that kind of love. And it drives people crazy because, you know, We're called the best fans in baseball, and it really drives people crazy. But the reality is we have to be the best fans because no one else will talk about our team because it's St. Louis. Even when St. Louis had a better reputation than it enjoys right now, you know, um, the Cardinals, they're a hardworking team. We never get any prima donnas. We never get anybody who isn't trying to just play hard and if they aren't they don't last long if they are trying to just you know uh collect checks and not really grind it out in front of our fans they don't stay long uh it's just it's it's a beautiful experience to go to a cardinal game um and yeah just you know let go of all the things you think you've heard or know about the team and just go soak in a game man it's just a lot of fun the Cardinals are amazing and I wish they enjoyed the reputation that they deserve because they we are the the winningest organization in the National League and it's just like Yachty is amazing Yachty alone I've watched Yachty play since he was a rookie you know when he had to replace uh Mike, I don't know. I, he was a good catcher, but he should not have ever been the manager of our team. That was really, really hard. And I'm sorry. That was tough because we should have won way, way. We should have at least won two more, at least one more championship after that 11 season. So uh, 2011, we get, uh, you know, Tony leaves. Albert leaves, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I'm off topic. It's a great, I know if you don't like baseball, this doesn't mean anything. But to me, I just, I wonder how much love our players would have gotten historically if they had played for the Yankees, which is partly why I hate ESPN. Because obviously, if you don't play for the Yankees or the Red Sox or Chicago, like the Cubs, who are who have been ridiculously terrible, you know, say for these, that little stretch, what, four or five years ago, you know, they're nothing special. That's our rival. I am not a Cubs fan at all, (laughs) but I just don't, I can't imagine what it would be like if it was like football. So like with football, when the Rams were good 20 years ago, they had to talk about us. It didn't matter where we were located. You know, it doesn't matter that Kansas city is in Missouri. They're great. That's a great football team. And the NFL isn't like uh, the major uh, Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, it's like you can only talk about three teams. In the NFL, you talk about who's who's hot, who's playing great. And then you get on that bandwagon. I mean, so it can easily be a New England. And then it can go to Kansas City. Then it can go to Tampa Bay. Then it can go to, you know, if... Um, the 49ers get great then you can talk about the 40 you know what I mean like it doesn't matter whoever has the crown earned it and the NFL is going to talk about them it's not like that in baseball they're constantly even if you 
even if the Yankees aren't winning, they're going to figure a way to talk about the Yankees. And then they'll say, but everybody loves the Yankees. Well, that's not true. There are Dodgers fans. There are Cardinals fans. There are uh, Mariners fans. There are fans all over the country for their team. And, uh, you know, I I don't give a damn about the Yankees, to be honest with you. Um, I don't I've never watched them play a full game. So I don't know. I think it's unfair. That's all I'm saying. And you know how I am. I like things to be fair. If things are unfair, I'm probably unhappy. And not just unfair towards me. I mean, just unfair in general. Just as long as we're clear on that. All right. I've been babbling long enough. But that is something that bothers me. Um, There is a huge bias in sports. And one of my friends from college and high school, she posted the disparity in pay between the WNBA and the uh, NBA. And something like that. While on the surface it's unfair, the reality is, the business of it is, nobody watches the WNBA. You know, it doesn't, men don't watch it, and there's not enough women to support. I mean, the people who watch it, watch it, and they make salaries based off of that. Um, There's nothing that women do that can compare to, like, the Super Bowl. It's just not. You know, if you if you've got men watching in droves and and buying beer to sit up and watch, because that's what you're paying for uh, is the eyeballs. So ads cost so much because there's so many eyeballs there. And I'm a football fan, so I'm a perfect example. I will watch football over anything. I don't think there's another major sport that I watch. Um, I'm going to try to get behind the St. Louis soccer team. That'll be fun. I wish they had come up with a better name, but I look forward to that. And I hope the NFL never comes back here uh, because they've they've jacked us for two teams. There's no loyalty, no love there. Um, and eventually I could see myself not liking football, but we're not there yet. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope everything goes good for you. I finished up that hip hop series I was watching on Hulu. And I get the impression that the old... The old gangsters, the OGs, they feel a little remorseful, not about what they did to survive, but the fact that uh, a lot of their lessons and codes didn't translate to this younger generation because this younger generation doesn't seem to have a lot of codes. They're pretty okay with just shooting you in the face and uh, shooting their way out of every issue. And uh, the old gangsters seem to be disappointed in that. Um, So... Yeah, it is confusing that young people right now just have such hair trigger tempers. There's no negotiation. There's no taking an L. There's no going back and, you know, everything's disrespectful and they have guns. And so they just, you know, try to shoot it out. Uh, Everything. Things that used to just be a three o'clock fight in the uh, schoolyard is now like I had to drive by and shoot at your mom kind of shit. So... Yeah, um, it's interesting that they, because they're grandparents now, and it's like, man, we kind of left the world not great (laughs) in in gangster land. The codes didn't translate, and so it's very interesting to watch. Um, I do still feel like they could take a little bit more accountability, but it's worth watching if you're into hip-hop and you're curious about 
some of the people behind the scenes. Uh, it's definitely uh, worth watching. And uh, yeah, so I finished that and uh, I caught a few minutes of an independent movie called Shit House, which is not a great title, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to watch the whole thing. It, it's from South by Southwest, even though it kind of it won uh, virtually it won. Uh, last year and it's it's not bad like the the lead actor is really it turns out the lead actor is also the writer and director so that's very promising I'm super excited the soundtrack was dope I uh I'm gonna watch the whole thing and if if you're interested I'll get back to you uh it's about this guy in college but he's like the most emotional male I only saw like 45 minutes of it but he's the most emotional male you've seen on screen in a long long time uh, but he reminds me so much of the students I used to uh, supervise, you know, very emotional, um, you know, c- clearly come from touchy feely parents. You know, there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between kids who had touchy feely parents and kids who didn't. Um, so I was I don't know what I was doing last night, but I caught the last, I don't know, 45 minutes of it. And I was like, oh, I got to watch this from the beginning. It's like, it's like it's going to be good. Um, yeah, and I'm excited about his career. And keep in mind, he only had 15 grand. He f- shot that whole film with $15,000. That's amazing. I love indie cinema. And yeah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole this morning because I could talk about that for a while. You know, at some point, I'm going to pick up my camera and just start shooting. And we'll see what happens. But that day is not today. All right, everybody. I hope you're well. I hope you're feeling good. I hope life is going the way you want it to go. Um, yeah, we're going to have a good week. You know, let's, let's lean in. Uh, we have, we're in our spiritual new year, if you will. And uh, sometimes the end of things, we forget. We are so busy focusing on the end of something that we forget that it's also the beginning of something else. And so let's get excited about that and uh, enjoy, you know. All right, be well, be safe, be your best. <laughs>